Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 in Edmonton. Dave Campbell with you, uh, filling in in this uh, final half hour of Oilers Now for this Wednesday as uh, Bob is heading off to do an event with uh, Jack Michaels. I'm uh, in this chair because Brendan Escott has gone home for Christmas, so uh, you've got to put up with me partially for the next uh, three days uh, as uh, we're going to uh, talk about uh, soon the pipeline of the Edmonton Oilers. And, of course, uh, you know we're going to see some of that pipeline coming up at the World Junior Hockey Championships in Victoria and Vancouver. The tournament begins on Boxing Day. Canada will open defense of their gold medal uh, win last year against Denmark. Of course, Evan Bouchard and will highlight that team especially on defense and uh, of course he is definitely a highly touted prospect so uh, but first we got to tell you royal pizza pizza pasta so much more edmonton owned and operated for 49 years for many locations visit royalpizza.ca or download the royal pizza app from the app store i know bob's uh, recommendation would be the mediterranean chicken i will recommend to you the pepperoni mushroom all right bob's conversation with scott house and edmonton oilers vice president of player development all right, Scott, maybe the first thing, uh, you know, we can do, define uh, your title and maybe explain to the listeners exactly what your role is. Uh, well, my title is Vice President of Player Development, and I'm really um, uh, the main conduit to the Oilers for all the players that are not playing in the system in Bakersfield or in Wichita. So there's 20 players out there. We've got eight in college, we've got four in Europe, and we've got eight across the, the junior leagues uh, in, in Canada and the U.S. So I'm responsible for them. I, I talk to those players every week, talk or text them every week. I see them play. I'll see each of them play at least three or four times uh, this year and uh, maybe more. And I also do some pro scouting for the Oilers since I'm situated in Columbus and some of the teams are easy to get to. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's hit on some guys. I mean, we obviously have Jay Woodcroft, as you know, on Oilers now once a week, updating sort of things from a Bakersfield perspective. But one of the guys that we get asked the most about is Joel Person. And a right shot defenseman, a skilled offensive guy. I know you're over in Sweden and see him play earlier this year. Uh, he played last year with Elias. Uh, I guess we're now going with Peterson, not Pedersen. But Elias Peterson of the Vancouver Canucks, um, what can you tell us about Joel Person? Well, he's—I uh, saw him play twice. I had uh, breakfast with him one morning, and it's a really interesting story. As little as three three years ago, he was like in the fifth division of Swedish hockey. He was working outside of hockey. I think he was a teacher or a teacher's assistant. And he was, like, way below uh, the Swedish Elite League. And he kept rising up, and he kept rising up. And then uh, Vakia, which is the team he plays for now, invited him to, uh, to their training camp. Um, and, and he signed with Vakia. And uh, their one offensive defenseman got hurt early in the season. This is last year. So he stepped into that role. And that team won the uh, SEL championship. He had a terrific year. Uh, Peterson was on the team. Their power play was sensational. 
Um, and this year he's grown again. The team's not as good. He's he's now got national team exposure. He's been in two national team tournaments. He was in the Channel Cup, Channel One Cup tournament last week, and uh, he's a he's an offensive defenseman. He mo- he has great vision. He moves the puck really well. A great transition player. He uh, he can hit people through. He passes it through people through the opposition and hits people in full flight. The games that I was at. And uh, we're excited about him. I think he's uh, he's excited about coming over. He wanted to spend one more year there, which was probably good for his development. And uh, we'll see him next fall in camp. All right. So a right shot guy. Uh, you know, there's there's different types of uh, power play. You know, different types of offensive defensemen. Colton Pareko can really rush the puck. But when it comes to walking the line, he's not John Klingberg. Conversely, John Klingberg can walk the line like nobody else's business. Is there a specified skill set that person has that makes him a unique uh, right shot offensive defenseman? Yeah, I would say he's more like Klingberg. Um, he, I think he would rather pass the puck up. He'll join the rush and, uh, and try and get some offense that way. But where he's really good on the blue line. Uh, he's got a good shot. I don't think it's an elite shot yet, but it's a really good shot. He can one-time it. He gets his shot through. And uh, he can walk the blue line. So I'd say he's more along the lines of, uh, of Klingberg than a Pareko. We're joined by Edmonton Oilers uh, VP of Player Development, Scott Housen, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. While you're over in Europe uh, in the fall, let's hit on some other guys that we haven't heard a lot from. Um, speaking of, uh, and I believe he's a right shot defenseman, Philip Berglund playing for Sheleftia. Yeah, I saw him play. Uh He's he's in a good spot. His game is uh, grows every year. Last year, he took on uh, more of a defensive role, which was sort of surprising to, to I think to us because when he was drafted, we sort of saw this puck moving offensive defenseman. And last year, his uh, first full year really in the Swedish Elite League, he he took on a penalty killing defensive role, and it was great. He played a lot. Their team lost to Joel's team in the finals last year. Um, Shalefti has got a wonderful program. They've had a lot of success. I think they've been in like six of the last seven um, SEL finals. Uh, so it's a good program. This year he's grown again. They're giving him some power play time as well as the penalty killing. He's clearly a top four. He plays 18, 19, 20 minutes a night, um, which is good there because they really spread the ice time around. Uh, so uh, he's, uh, he's signed there for another year after this one. Okay. Uh, we would have the option to sign him and 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 bring him out over. I think if we wanted to, we haven't decided what we're going to do. He hasn't decided what he wants to do. Whatever happens, it's a good place. If he stays there, it's a good place for him. So Person is uh, Joel Person is is likely to be over here to to ply his trade next fall. Mm-hmm. Berglund might be another year before he makes that decision. Yes, that that's, that could be entirely possible, yes. Scott, what's going on with Marcus uh, Niemelainen? We saw him at the rookie tournament a couple of years ago in Penticton. Uh, he played for Saginaw, uh, which was not a very good uh, team uh, in 15, 16, 16, 17. And in the last uh, couple of seasons, he's playing in the, the SM League in, in Finland. How is uh, how's he performing and what's happening with him? Yeah, he's. Uh, we all know that development isn't uh, a, straight, a straight line for everybody. And he's had a few dips in his. Um, he is in the Finnish, uh, the best league in Finland. He's playing regularly for HPK. They were a bad team last year, and he was sort of, the, I would say, he was six, seven, eight defenseman. This year, I would say he's five, six, seven for them. And uh, he's playing a little more. 
He doesn't have much offense to his game. He's uh, he's a defending defenseman that moves very well. We we saw that when he was over here in rookie camp. And he's just got to grow his game, grow his confidence. And uh, I think he's doing that. It's just going to take a little longer than we uh, we had hoped or envisioned. We've already talked about a couple right shot defensemen in terms of person and Berglund. Um, <laughs> what can you tell us about John Marino? He's in his third year at Harvard. Uh, had some decent numbers the first couple of years. A little quiet offensively this year. I don't know how good Harvard's team is because uh, Marino went plus 20 and plus 21 the last two years. But uh, have you had a chance to see him play? Yeah, I've seen him play a couple times. He's having a terrific year. The, the numbers don't say it. Uh, they've got a couple of offensive defensemen. Uh, one that probably fans know of his name's uh, Adam Fox. Sure. Who was drafted by Calgary and he was in the Lindholm-Hamilton uh, deal because uh, Calgary, I think, was um, worried about him not signing. Right. So they traded him to Carolina. He is an elite offensive defenseman in college hockey. The last time I looked, he had like, you know, 20 points in 12 games or something like that. It's ridiculous numbers. So he gets all the power play time. John's a two-way defenseman. He gets, uh, you know, the last 30 seconds on the power play. He's uh, on the first penalty kill. And John's game has really grown. I'm really excited about John. Um, John's a junior this year, and uh, and he, he looks like a pro playing college hockey. That, that's how I can describe him. He's big and strong, and he moves really well. He uh, makes great outlet passes, passes. So we're we're really excited about where he is and look forward to him joining the Oilers. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay, you guys took a bit of a flyer on him, a six foot six right shot <laughs> defenseman. Uh, he's finishing up his fourth year at Providence, which historically has been a very low-scoring team. I mean, look at Jankowski. He didn't put up big numbers, and he's playing in the NHL. Uh, I would describe DeHarnay as a project when you guys uh, drafted him. Uh, where is he at in his fourth year at Providence? Yeah, he's a strictly a defending defenseman. He's uh, he's huge. He's got a great wingspan, almost impossible to beat wide uh, once he turns and, and puts his arms out and... Uh, uh, he's really relied upon in, in Providence. They have one of the top teams in the country, um, and he's a shutdown guy. He plays against all the top players, plays all the heavy minutes. Um, his feet have improved. They're going to have to still get better, and he knows that. Um, and uh, and I, I just I think the second half is going to be really telling for that team and for him because I think they, they're poised to go on a good run. Uh, I see them as one of the top three or four teams, five teams in the country. Uh, if they can put it together, and uh, and Vinny's a big part of their team. He's uh, he's one of those glue guys that uh, keeps everything going in the right direction. Lots of defensemen. Just a quick thought on Philip Kemp and Matthew Karens, both playing NCAA as well. Yeah, uh, Philip Kemp is uh, currently trying out for the U.S. Junior team. He was the last cut last year, last defenseman cut. Uh, so we're sort of hoping. Uh, uh, rooting for him that he's going to make the team this year. I don't know where he stands. I haven't talked to him about how it's gone in the last uh, five or six days. He's uh, he's a sophomore at Yale, so he, he's going to need another year or two before he comes out. Um, great leadership. Uh, just a little raw. You know, he's going to have to improve his skating. But uh, terrific drive, terrific character. And, uh, and, and, and really, he was the captain of the U.S. under-18 team, so that speaks volumes to his leadership. Matt Cairns had a tough year last year, didn't play a whole lot, um, has worked his way into being a regular with Cornell right now, um, and he's just really, just really beginning to develop. So he's, uh, he's a long play for us. It's going to take him at least another two or three years. All right, so you mentioned the World Juniors. Uh, Evan Bouchard, uh, Tim Hunter saying today, and basically we knew he was going to be on the team, and... 
he's going to be an incredibly important player for him. Are there concerns, Scott, in the organization that basically Evan, when he's playing in junior in the OHL, that he doesn't have to move his feet because he can think and process a game, plus he's supported by really good players in London. Is there, was that a concern with him returning to junior this year? And what have you communicated to Evan to, to get him ready to play in Edmonton next, uh, next fall? Yeah, it was a concern, and we've spoken to Evan at length about it. We gave him three or four things to really focus on, and, and every time I see him, every time I talk to him, it's about pace for for me, uh, and, uh, and, and ask him, are you playing with pace? Are you moving your feet? Are you going back to get pucks quickly? Because uh, his hockey sense is off the charts, and his offense is off the charts. And he, I saw a game last a couple weeks ago against Kingston, that was, Kingston wasn't a very, isn't a very good team. They traded a couple guys, and, and, and London's just going to start to load up here, I think, for their run. London has the best team already, and it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. But uh, none of London's top players played, played very well because they didn't have to. They won the game 8-1, and Evan was part of that. I think he got a couple of assists, so he can have success at that level. Uh, without without moving his feet, as you say. So we're on him all the time. He knows it. It's it's a point of focus for him. It's a, we've we've communicated uh, that to Dale Hunter, and, uh, and we'll just keep working on it. I think he's going to have a really good second half. The team's going to be good. I think they're going to go on a long playoff run. So it's going to be good for his development, regardless. All right, I want to ask you about a couple OHL forwards, Ryan McLeod, who I thought had a very impressive camp, and Kirill Maximov, who frankly didn't have an impressive camp, in my opinion. Um, McLeod went through a stretch, Scott, where he was minus eight in three games playing with Mississauga. He's got a bad plus minus, decent offensive production. He started to score recently. Maximov's like third in the OHL in penalty minutes, and he's got 20 goals. So just updates on those two players, if you could. Yeah, Kirill, we'll start with Maximoff. Um, Kirill didn't have a very good camp, uh, but he's a really good junior player. Um, Niagara loaded, has loaded up here. They've got a terrific team. They've got a power play. I saw them play two weeks ago that goes with five forwards, which is very rare, as you know. And uh, it was deadly that night. I think they went four for four. Kirill's part of that power play. Great shot. Um, so he's got 20 goals. I think he's got 20 assists. Uh, he's going to have a, a great second half. Bit of a disappointment for him that he didn't get named to the Russian World Junior Team. He played in the uh, OHL Russia series, but uh, I, I think they had a fairly long lineup of skilled wingers, so he got he got pushed out. Um, but he's dealt with that. Uh, we're, he's over that, and uh, just looking forward to having a good second half. Ryan's had a bit of a Ryan McLeod's had a bit of an up and down year, I would say. Um, he went back. He started well. Then he had some. Some bumps, and we're, work, we're we're working with him through that. Um, great skater, you can't teach the things that he has. He's got great, great physical power. Uh, can overpower people at that level, and uh, and it's just consistency and getting some details in his games. He he can he can swing away from people at times, and we're we're on him with that. Great kid, wants to learn, and uh, and uh, uh, Mississauga has taken a little tumble yep. recently in the standings. So I don't know where they sit in terms of whether they're going to move people. They have him and Owen Tippett there that would be bringing a boatload if they wanted to trade them, but uh, I don't know what Mississauga is going to do. I, I, you know what, Scott? I love his size, and I love his speed, and he's raw. There's something there, and if it puts it all together, it could be a steal. Final question for, we're going to do this, Scott, probably uh, every uh, four to six weeks, so we'll hit on some other players that we miss, but just want to wrap up in goal with Olivier Rodrigue. He's got a great one-loss record with Drummondville, but only a 901 save percentage. Have you had a chance to see him play this year? 
Yeah, I have, and uh, and uh, I saw one of those games. And as you, you know, the Quebec League, for all your listeners, there is the Quebec League historically has low save percentage. I I, I can't really explain it, but it, it, if you're over nine ten, you're having a terrific year in the Quebec League. Um, he's over nine hundred. His team is uh, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, we're very fortunate this year. We've got a lot of players on really good junior teams. Um, and uh, and and they're very talented, and they win games by outscoring people. And uh, their attention to defense at times can wane, and they leave. Uh, you know, Olivier might get 17 shots, and there might be 10, 10 good scoring chances. So that's just the life that he lives. We've talked about it, um, and he's just got to be ready for it. And uh, and I would say his first half. Half has been good. It hasn't been great, but it's been really good. And then uh, obviously the second half is going to be uh, telling because their team's going to be right in the thick of it for winning the Quebec League championship. Scott, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us on Oilers Now, and we'll touch base uh, in late January, okay? Thanks, Bob. All right, that is uh, Scott Housen, the Oilers' vice president of player development. Uh, pretty good uh, look there at uh, the Oilers' pipeline and uh, what is uh, still to come. And I'm going to read a text here at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, sounds like we have guys in the system, but nothing this year. Fight through with what we have, I guess. Yep, that's pretty much it's pretty much what's going to happen. I mean, Caleb Jones has come up and looked really good from Bakersfield, and as Bob said, uh, was really pushing Matt Benning and Matt Benning and could supplant Matt Benning at some point. Who's you know, Matt Benning had a pretty good year a couple of years ago, but since then has really struggled. But Caleb Jones looks like he belongs at least in the early going. But yeah, there's lots down the pipeline. I think the Oilers are drafting better, but there's nobody that's going to be able to really come in. Maybe, maybe Kyler Yamamoto, but maybe that's a stretch as well. So Evan Bouchard looks like he's going to be a good player, but uh, the Oilers have to wait for him. And definitely he's a guy that can quarterback the power play in the future and be that kind of that offensive defenseman that the Oilers have been uh, coveting and have been missing, missing for the last number of seasons. It's 151. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history and wrap up the Wednesday afternoon edition of Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell sitting in for the final half hour here on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 153. Dave Campbell in for Bob Stoffer. Final half hour here of this Wednesday afternoon edition of Oilers Now. This day in Oilers history. Is brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company. For 38 years this Christmas, give the gift of travel. A New West Travel gift certificate is a great gift. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all of your vacation dreams. On this day, back in 1984, Wayne Gretzky records career point number 1,000 in a 7-3 win over the LA Kings. The 23-year-old Gretzky needs only 424 games to reach 1,000 points. That's remarkable. Previous fastest was Guy Lafleur, who needed 720 games. So we heard from uh, Milan Lucic coming back from the... Coming back from the uh, commercial break, uh, Milan Lucic after the game last night talked about how this team has played a lot of hockey games over the last month. Really have to take advantage of the next three days. Finally get a couple days here to rest up um, until the next game. Been a lot of games. Last 15 games have been, I think, in the last, whatever, 30 or under 30 games. So... um, I know it's not an excuse, but you know it's nice to finally get some rest here uh, before a big Saturday night game. 
uh, against a really good team. Yeah, and that really good team is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who scored a victory, a convincing win over the Vancouver Canucks last night. You look what's coming up for the Oilers after that. They got the Vancouver Canucks after Christmas. You got the San Jose Sharks. You got the Winnipeg Jets to finish off this homestand. So it's not going to get any easier for a team that is starting to settle back into the team that, you know, kind of pre-Ken Hitchcock, as we've talked about on this show. But Ken Hitchcock is going to have two practice days tomorrow and Friday to see what sort of um, tactics he can utilize, especially on the power play, which has gone for a just a terrible stretch, three for 30 in their last 10 games. You know, Rob Brown made a great point on the broadcast last night after the game that under Ken Hitchcock, they're playing a lot of one-goal hockey games. They've won a lot of games, that, or a few games that maybe they had no business winning, but they've found a way to win. You need the power play to come up with a big goal. And unfortunately, the Oilers just don't have that capability at the moment, but there are things you can do to change it. And, you know, hey, does Ken Hitchcock have a lot of weapons available and a lot of options? No. So he's going to have to try and find a way to make it work with what he has. And that's just the simple reality of it. So not easy, but uh, Ken Hitchcock's a smart guy, and he's got to utilize a roster that uh, does have some have some issues, especially scoring, and then you lose two defensemen like Chris Russell and Oscar Klepbaum, and it just makes it worse. Uh, by the way, uh, Jujar Kara has a hearing today with the National Hockey League in regards to its cross-check on uh, Blues defenseman Vince Dunn. Happened in the third period. Uh, Dunn initiated it um, after a nice hit by Carr in the in the corner, in the offensive zone. Uh, Dunn cross-checked him in the head, and he was fined for uh, that incident uh, for $1,942.20, which is the maximum fine you can, you can uh, slap on a player, which I'm sure was... Paid for in a heartbeat, uh, but then Kara came back with a more vicious cross check at the at the head area. So it's likely he will get something, he, at least a fine, but a suspension is possible. So um, if we find out anything later on in the day, we'll let you know here on six thirty chat. But uh, Jujar Kara does have a hearing later on today. Tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 until 8, uh, very happy to uh, announce that he will have, and, and Reed has been talking about this as well throughout the week, uh, Kaylin Osmond, who is, uh, resides in uh, Short Park, trains in Edmonton, former world champion, Olympic champion. She will be the guest co-host for Reed Wilkins, who will have Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. And also, uh, we put Kaitlyn uh, to work a little bit as, uh, as producer, and uh, she has also lined up Scott Moore, uh, Olympic champion and world champion ice dance, of course, with Tessa Virtue. So we're looking forward to that, plus much more tonight on 6.30, Chet, Inside Sports. Tomorrow on Oilers Now, Louis DeBrusque from NHL on Rogers. Also, Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication solar. Also, we will... Uh, have our I won't be home for the holidays segment and uh, we are looking forward to that we're just ironing out the details it will have a junior theme no doubt about it so great to be here filling in for Brendan Escott on uh, this side of the glass for the man who will be back on the other side of the glass tomorrow from noon until 2 Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. coming up a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by the 630 Chet afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross
Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630-CHED. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630-CHED.